Welcome to Pigs in Jewish Law and Lore with Pardes faculty member Rabbi Dr. Levy Cooper, a Pardes North America podcast series. Join Levy on an intellectual journey exploring various topics related to pigs and Judaism. And now, here's the Magid of Melbourne himself, Levy Cooper. This is Levy Cooper, coming to you from Frankfurt am Main. I'm here in Germany on a research trip at the Max Planck Institute for Legal History and Legal Theory. And as part of the requirements, the procedural requirements of when I arrived at the Institute, the administration told me I needed to open a bank account. So I headed down the road to the bank to open the account. And after I'd filled out all the forms, the teller, with a big smile on his face, says, I'd like to give you a small gift, a souvenir, and he hands me a pig. It was as if the teller was saying, my dear friend, remember where you are, you're in Germany, you're no longer in the Holy Land. And as I headed back to my lodgings at the Institute with this plastic pig in hand, I remembered that there is a Midrash that says that in the future we will be permitted to eat pork. So when I got back to my lodgings, I began to look for that very Midrash. And I first found two Midrashim, one in Vayikra Rabbah and the other in Tanhuma that are playing on the verse in Psalms 146.7, Ose mishpat la'ashukim noten lechem la'reivim Adonai matir asurim. God executes justice for the oppressed, gives bread to the hungry, and frees those who are captive. And the Midrash plays on those last three words, Adonai Matir Asurim, God frees those who are captive, and says Matir Asurim sounds like permitting those things which are forbidden. And the Midrash is creative in trying to think what does that mean that God will or has permitted things that are forbidden. And the Midrash offers a number of different approaches. The first approach in the Midrash, Masha asalti lachem hitalti lachem. That which I said you can't do, I've also given you a license, an escape route. So for instance, the chelev, the fatty parts of an animal, of a domesticated animal, cows, sheep, that are forbidden. There is an equivalent that is permitted. Those very same fatty parts are permitted eating a non-domesticated kosher animal like a deer. The Midrash continues, you're not allowed to have the gidan asher, the sciatic nerve of an animal, but the equivalent in fowl is permitted. Fowl can only be eaten 
after it has gone through ritual slaughter. But fish don't require such ritual slaughter. They can just be eaten without that process. So this first exchange in the Midrash seems to say that even though I have, says God, forbidden certain foods, nevertheless there is an equivalent that I have permitted. The Midrash then continues to a second approach, similar to the first, but the examples are much harsher. So for instance, in the second approach, it says, God says, I forbade a person from marrying a woman and her sister. But after a person's wife dies, he may marry the sister. So it sounds that's not exactly the same as the first examples because that sounds does, isn't something we would really strive for. So this second approach seems to be, yes, there is a way out and there is a way to do things that are forbidden, but maybe it's not really what we would really like to do. Those two approaches are rather similar uh, with a slight difference between them. The third approach in the Midrash says, no, 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 no. This isn't talking about things being permitted in our times. Rather, this is talking about the future. While certain sea creatures are forbidden, they are not kosher, the Leviathan can be eaten at the end of the day. While certain fowl cannot be eaten, the ziz, which is a mythical type of fowl that will be part of the feast at the end of the days, at the end of days, that can be eaten. So according to this third approach, the license will only be at the end of days. Not now, but one time, sometime in the future. Continuing, the Midrash in Midrash Tehillim on the same verse says, offers what we could see as a fourth approach. And the fourth approach says that prohibitions are really only part of our temporal existence. And in the future, they will disappear. The fifth approach is a little bit more specific. It's not that all prohibitions will disappear in the future, but one specific prohibition, the prohibition of nida, of having sexual relations while a woman is menstruating. Perhaps that's a suggestion that at the end of days will be a time of closeness and therefore there won't be a need for separation between couples. The sixth approach goes in the opposite direction. At the end of days, it's not what will be cancelled is not the prohibitions 
but any desire for sexual relations. Perhaps that's, an, that's suggesting that the end of days will be a period of connection, not between humans, but between humans and the Almighty. And the seventh approach in the Midrash says, no, this is referring to something very specific. This is referring to death, that in the future, God will loosen the bonds of death and there will be no death at the end of days. So we have seven approaches in the Midrash trying to explain what Hashem matir asurim, God permits things that are forbidden, what that might mean. One thing that's clear is that there is no license in these Midrashim to eat pig. We'll come back to that in the next episode. But from these two Midrashim and the seven different approaches that can be teased out, it's apparent that our sages were considering the prohibitions in the Torah. Are they temporal? Or do they represent some type of ideal that goes beyond our, our existence in the here and now? The sages were imagining, what does the end of days look like? Is it how similar is it to our times? And one thing that I find is fascinating from these sources is that there is no one clear-cut answer. In truth, that's characteristic of our sages, offering different paths in the Midrash. And in many ways, that's so appropriate for our generation as we consider various ways of thinking about our tradition. That's all for now. Until the next time, to the Beit Midrash! If you liked what you just heard, please give us a five-star review wherever you download your podcasts. Be sure to follow us on Spotify for all the episodes of The Maggid of Melbourne Speaks. Thank you for listening. <laughs>